groups paraded, stopped to talk, to greet, to buy a handful of flowers from the old beggar who had his tray fixed to the railings. Little children ran among them, swooping and laughing. Little boys with big white silk bows under their chins. Little girls, little French dolls dressed up in velvet and lace. And sometimes a tiny staggerer came suddenly rocking into the open from under the trees, stopped, stared, as suddenly sat down flop until its small high-stepping mother, like a young hen, rushed scolding to its rescue. Other people sat on the benches and green chairs, but they were nearly always the same, Sunday after Sunday, and Miss Brill had often noticed that there was something funny about nearly all of them. They were odd, silent, nearly all old, and from the way they stared, they looked as though they'd just come from dark little rooms, or even... Even cupboards. Behind the rotunda, the slender trees with yellow leaves down drooping, and through them just a line of sea, and beyond, the blue sky with gold-veined clouds. Tum, 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 tillum, tillum, tum, tillum, tum, ta, blew the band. Two young girls in red came by, and two young soldiers in blue met them, and they laughed and paired and went off arm in arm. Two peasant women with funny straw hats passed, gravely leading beautiful smoke-coloured donkeys. A cold, pale nun hurried by. A beautiful woman came along and dropped her bunch of violets, and a little boy ran after to hand them to her, and she took them and threw them away as if they'd been poisoned. Dear me! Miss Brill didn't know whether to admire that or not. And now an ermine toque and a gentleman in grey met just in front of her. He was tall, stiff, dignified, and she was wearing the ermine toque she'd bought when her hair was yellow. Now everything, her hair, her face, even her eyes, was the same colour as the shabby ermine, and her hand, in its cleaned glove, lifted to tab her lips, was a tiny yellowish paw. Oh, she was pleased to see him, delighted. She rather thought they were going to meet that afternoon. She described where she'd been, everywhere, here and there along by the sea. The day was so charming, didn't he agree? And wouldn't he, perhaps? But he shook his head, lighted a cigarette, slowly breathed a great deep puff into her face, and even while she was still talking and laughing, flicked the match away and walked on. The ermine toque was alone. She smiled more brightly than ever. But even the band seemed to know what she was feeling, and played more softly, played tenderly, and the drum beat, the brute, the brute, over and over. What would she do? What was going to happen now? But as Miss Brill wondered, the ermine toque turned, raised her hand as though she'd seen someone else, much nicer, just over there, and pattered away. And the band changed again and played more quickly and more gaily than ever, and the old couple on Miss Brill's seat got up and marched away, and such a funny old man with long whiskers hobbled along in time to the music and was nearly knocked over by four girls walking abreast. Oh, how fascinating it was! How she enjoyed it! How she loved sitting here watching it all! It was like a play. It was exactly like a play. Who could believe the sky at the back wasn't painted? But it wasn't till a little brown dog trotted on solemn and then slowly trotted off like a little theatre dog a little dog that had been drugged, that Miss Brill discovered what it was that made it so exciting. They were all on the stage, 
They weren't only the audience, not only looking on. They were acting. Even she had a part and came every Sunday. No doubt somebody would have noticed if she hadn't been there. She was part of the performance after all. How strange she'd never thought of it like that before. And yet it explained why she made such a point of starting from home at just the same time each week so as not to be late for the performance. And it also explained why she had quite a queer shy feeling at telling her English pupils how she spent her Sunday afternoons. No wonder. Miss Brill nearly laughed out loud. She was on the stage. She thought of the old invalid gentleman to whom she read the newspaper four afternoons a week while he slept in the garden. She got quite used to the frail head on the cotton pillow, the hollowed eyes, the open mouth and the high-pinched nose. If he'd been dead, she mightn't have noticed for weeks.